Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Alright, what's up? Happy Friday. 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 As the kids like to say on Cannell and Bell. Big show. We're gonna break down the, the kids entire on Cannell and Bell or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who says it anymore. Oh, it right. might have been a thing that already no. passed and moved on. I know it's one of the filters you, or like one of the tags you can do Fri-yay. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's why I'm gonna roll with that, uh, for now. I, speaking of Friday, I have a monster weekend. Uh, my wife is, uh, out of town for her big birthday. She's got some friends here. So she's okay. Got a girls weekend. Ooh. I've got the kids solo, and I'm telling you, my schedule is jam-packed from 3.30 this afternoon all the way to Sunday up until like 2 o'clock. I hear you. You know, I I have weekends like that all the time, and I I be and moan about them. And then the days where I find myself with nothing to do, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with myself? So, (laughs) like, it actually helps. I do like being busy, but I just need some kind of nap time in the middle there. And you're you're going to need some support. You're going to need an extra set of hands. That's a lot of moving and shaking. So, I'm coaching tonight. You know what I got? Mm. Thanks to Debo, who got me this. (laughs) It's the idiot's guide to coaching youth basketball. I'm ready. Practice. I've already got some notes here highlighted, ready to go for practice. So, thanks for Debo. No, no, this is actually some valuable information in here because last time I looked up and the girls had no idea and they were all looking at me. I was like, uh oh. Like, I gotta get I'm this thing going. I'm responsible for this. So yeah, we got a big game. I'll let you know how the results go on Saturdays, our first game. Um, let's do some, some conversation on transfer. I know we've done it a bunch. Right. But this is a circumstance where I'm curious to hear your take. Yeah. Because Tathan Martell. Tathan. Tate. His real name is Tathan. Okay. He learned when he entered the transfer portal, which apparently is what they're calling it nowadays. Because before, I don't even it was remember that. Just transfer. Yeah, just, yeah, he's going to transfer. Now there's like a whole portal more now. More official, yeah. We're in Sounds the matrix. like you're traveling to space right. or something. But Tate Martell has entered the transfer portal, uh, which most people believe he intends to transfer from Ohio, Ohio State. Right. My initial thought was, doesn't anybody want to compete for a job anymore? I cannot fathom, like, just turning tail and running before you even – because obviously Justin Fields from Georgia, five-star, right. is transferring to Ohio State. So he's going to have to compete with a five-star who everybody likes. You know, everybody thinks he's going to be sure. this huge prospect. And Tate Martell, before he even sees the dude, before he even has a practice next to him, he's saying, I'm taking my ball. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can play. Yeah, this is a unique situation because I'm always in favor of the transfer or nine, 90% of the time. But in this particular situation, Tate Martell – gets to play next year because he doesn't have to redshirt, right? Um, and Fields would have to sit out a year because he's coming no, from Georgia. Fields, no, Fields is, remember his deal, he's going to have the special exemption because of the racial issue. Oh. So Justin Fields so then I be saw, able to go and start right. from day one. He can play. Well, like here's, people are assuming that. It hasn't been official yet, but they're assuming Well, that. here's my deal. Like you, If you're going to have your – if I'm Tate Martell and I'm watching Danny Cannell uh, transfer from Georgia, he was the number one quarterback prospect in the world. He can pick any school he wants to go to. Some one of those schools is going to have to tell him, "Hey, listen, bro. This is the, the keys to this kingdom is yours." That's probably what he's going to choose, right? Right. So the writing's on the wall for me if I'm Tate Martell. Like, and I I'm with the competition thing. I was never a dude who ran from competition. But if your goal is to be an NFL quarterback and play and lead a team to a national championship, I've said it before, Danny. I don't begrudge a kid looking at a situation and saying the writing's on the wall for me here. Let me go find a greener pasture to go play football, and he'll have three years after he red shirts. Once he transfers. Why doesn't he take one year and see how it goes? Why waste the year? Because he could redshirt. If he backs him up, maybe he doesn't redshirt. Maybe he gets his degree and then he doesn't have to sit out at all. Like that, my thing is why don't you even feel it out? Like guys get hurt. What if Justin Fields gets hurt 
first week of practice. What if he's already sideways with the coaches in, at Ohio State? Well, that might That's be already a not a. But was what very what was very interesting is Tate Martell was asked. I believe it was at the Rose Bowl when they were out there playing in that, and Justin Fields had been rumored to be going to Ohio State, and he was like, oh, no one's going to come here and learn the system that fast and just step here and start. I don't know who anybody thinks they are. And he was kind of cocky, and he was like, I'm not running from everything. I'm ready to go. Like, I've been around here. I've developed these relationships, all this stuff. And then he turned tail and run. Yeah. I just I don't love it. Plus, I, the other thing is I know him a little bit because watch the QB1 you don't, series. You don't love him. And he is as cocky, arrogant as kids you have, which is like why – if you're that, if you have that much belief in yourself, that much swag, and you want to talk that much trash, right. why not back it up and try to beat the dude out? I've never understood it. I've said it on here before. Like I felt like, especially college football players, get brainwashed a little bit, like into this, like, yeah, come on, four or five star quarterbacks come here, it's going to be a great time. Like, no, you know what I mean? Like, I never understood that. If I'm a five star, even if I embrace competition, why would I want to go with another freshman five star quarterback? To a school where only one of us is going to get to play. Or even having said that, let's say you got a five star playing. I'm not coming there. Like when I made my college decision, I didn't have all the options that these kids have, but I was looking at rosters. I was looking at them and I'm like, okay, am I going to fit in there? Do I have to wait two years to play there? Are there three years? Like that's part of my decision. So I never understood the thought process behind like the duplicate. Like I'm going to just stack up from a coach's perspective. Yes. Yeah. You want to collect as many. Yeah. Why not? You get the rich get richer. But from a kid's perspective, like, why do you go there and just put yourself in a position where there are three of you already there waiting? Like, and so for me, I think, uh, kids are just getting a little smarter and more shrewd about it. They're not as brainwashed as they've been before. Like they're looking out for self, which I'm all for because this is starting your life. So we saw the long list of five star guys who have transferred. And it's a long list. Yeah. A lot of them haven't been the biggest success stories. You know, Blake Barnett was on the list. He went to Arizona, left Alabama, went to Arizona State, couldn't play there. Then he goes to South Florida, yeah. plays there and finally gets his opportunity. Laundry list of guys. Like there's, I think it's become this huge deal. You know what the bigger problem is? I think the five, the, the rating system, like their list well, is yeah. these five star guys. And I think they go with the expectation with the mindset. Well, I'm a five star. I should be starting, which might not be the case. Like they might right. not be as good as they think they are. And because a lot of these guys are going out somewhere else and they're not having any success there either. Right. Because I think there is something to be said about guys not wanting to compete. Yeah. Well, know. there, there could be something to that. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that like, if you have a trend of running away from competition that that says something about you, like yeah. that, that probably says something about you. But I mean, just in general, like my, my situation and I'm hypersensitive to it because I transferred and I was a situation in Boston university where there was a junior ahead of me, right? I was a sophomore when I left. So he had been rookie of the year in the conference. And then I came in and I was rookie of the year in the conference. He was a really good sophomore uh, or junior. I was a really good sophomore, but the writing was on the wall. I wanted more. I wanted more on my plate. I wanted the ball more. I wanted the offense to run through me more. It was never going to happen until my senior year because this guy was on top of me and I loved him. Like he was a good player and you know, it was what it was, but I would have never got to do what I did if I sat there behind him for, for three more years or two more years. Like I had to go to FIU. Um, I had to have the ball in my hands. I had to learn how to do the things uh, that I eventually got me to the next level. So I always, you know, be a little sensitive to a guy who wants to find a better situation for himself. Yeah, I think the like the way I've come about to think about it is you have to take it every individual yeah. circumstance differently. And sometimes we don't know all the details. Right. There might be an issue with him and the coaching staff. Um, NFL playoffs are in full swing this weekend. After the wild card weekend last year, we saw a bunch of upsets, a bunch of underdogs, uh, you know, covering. It was a monster weekend for that. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Took the NFL by storm. Probably the biggest story in the NFL this year was Patrick Mahomes' success, throwing 50 touchdowns and just his first year starting, only his second year in the league. I, when I look at the Chiefs 
and their matchup this weekend against the Colts, the least of my worries is Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't think you're going to see a rookie moment with him. I think you're going to see him have a game like he's been playing all season long. I think he's that good. I think he has something special about him. And I think you're going to see that trend continue. Yeah, I think he'll have a good game. He seems like one of those guys that's never really too high with the highs or too low with the lows. Kind of like Nick Foles a little bit, right? Where like, you know, you want somebody to be firing demonstrative at times, but there's also something said for, you know, the dude who's just out there just keeping it even keeled. So, you know, moments really don't affect him, whether they're good or bad. And I think he's got a little bit of that, not to mention like all of the, all the tangible things that you can see on film. Like he's really, really good. Um, I could see a scenario though in which like he really has a good game and they get beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. You know, the, the, no, seriously, like the weather's going to play a factor out there. It's supposed to be snowing. I think that's going to affect, you know, his ability and what they like to do, which is air the ball out. They don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. So it's not like you could pound it. Um, on the flip side of that, like Indianapolis has a decent run game. They're really susceptible to the run. Like, you know what I mean? There are a lot of factors that would go into. Patrick Mahomes may have a good game and and not you know disappoint at all, and they could still walk away with the L. Yeah, I don't think he was a one hit wonder. I think he's like there, he has risen to the occasion on the bigger stages, like when he was playing on Monday Night Football, when he was playing on Thursday Night Football, and there were shootouts, and he got in there. Didn't the moment never looked too big for him? So to your point, like he's the least of my concerns, but I have major concerns about that defense. Yeah. I have big concerns about Andy Reid, who has struggled mightily in the playoffs, which he's had this reputation. Of, and it's, it's kind of funny because sometimes you say these things in the media and they just become like truth. Right. And sometimes it'd be really harsh, but I think sometimes it's lazy too. And I, not to say that like Andy Reid doesn't have a Super Bowl win. Like, so that's on his resume and he has been bounced from the playoffs, but he's still a really good coach. Sure. Like, he still brought a lot of teams to the playoffs where I think when you look at legacies, like I think for Andy Reid, he really needs to have a good postseason especially with the weapons that they have. But I don't know if he's going to get it because of those issues on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think uh, Andy Reid's a really good coach. I don't think that's debatable. Um, When you start talking about, like, the the greats, I mean, there has to be some kind of, like, bar that you're going to set. And championships, you know, with That's what everybody measures it. Right. Um, You know, but the stat when we were talking before that stuck out to me, which was interesting, was of the four times – there have been 18 point second half comebacks, like, or, or losses by a coach. A coach has led by 18 and lost in the second half. Yeah. There have been four, uh, in the play. Andy Reid's got two of them. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not a great, re- like, that's not a great record to have on your resume. Um, so I, you know, he, obviously he needs to exercise some demons. You know, um, the thing with Patrick Is that Mahomes. Is fair though that he gets that? I do think it's fair. I mean, I, I don't, I think you, it can be fair to him. Uh, in one breath, and you can still acknowledge that he's a really, really good football coach in the other breath, right? Like, but right. if you haven't gotten over that hump, you have to own that. I think Andy Reid would own that. You know, you don't, you don't run from anything like that. Uh, you know what I hated, and you touched on. There are people that will tell you in Patrick Mahomes, like games that he's lost, those are his biggest stages, and he hasn't produced. I do not believe that to be the case. Right. There was a game where he struggled turning the ball over. Right. I mean, but his numbers were still Rams game. He had six touchdowns or whatever it was. Now he did have three turnovers, and one of them was a strip sack. So like they're costing points, but he wasn't struggling. It wasn't. It wasn't his fault in those games. I mean, like. It's a team sport, but right. it wasn't, he wasn't the reason you lose those games, you right. know? So I don't, that narrative I don't really like. If the Colts come in and they show out like they did against the Texans, and that was for me was more like the defensive side of the ball that yeah. really got after Deshaun Watson, who, you know, looked like he had a rough day because he was being harassed. Sure. 
that could present some problems. Like I, we really haven't seen Patrick Mahomes get knocked around too much. And that's what I'm curious. Cause I think he will get hit. I don't think it'll affect him. I still think he knows where to go with the football and I think he's elusive enough, but that'll definitely be a key storyline in that game. In, in their losses this year, Patrick Mahomes is averaging 336 passing yards a game. He has 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah. In the losses. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. only Which, in losses. I mean, he's been, again, that's why I've said it. I've said this all week. The least of my concerns with the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. Right. Bigger concerns about Andy Reid, clock management. What do they do if they're up 18? Yeah. There might be a situation where they are. Does he get tense? Does he change his play calling? Like, because he knows they've blown leads before? Sure. Does that affect his? Yeah. yeah. So that, like, that to me, that and the defense are the biggest issues that I have. So the Patriots, uh, have absolutely owned the Chargers. Brady owns Phillip Rivers. Brady's 7-0 against them. Again, you look at all these issues. I think the biggest issue that the Chargers have to worry about is the weather. Yeah. Like it's going to be frigid in Foxborough this weekend. And as a kid growing up here, and you're probably on the same boat, watching the Dolphins, how many times they would go up to Buffalo in the postseason and it'd be just nasty, cold, blizzard-like conditions, and everybody would look freezing cold, and the Bills would just roll over them. Like I could see a scenario where that happens, where the Chargers just look uncomfortable playing in those conditions, and Brady's right at home. No, I think that's a very real thing, and that's why you, <laughs> that's why you want to have that home field if you're in New England. Um I do think the, the 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 Chargers have a better team, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have the best player, and I'll give you to Tom Brady, even though I think Phillip Rivers has played better than Tom Brady this year. Agreed. But you have the better player. Um, but then you start going down the rest of those rosters, and then, you know, like, top 10, top 20 players, of the top 20 players in the game, right? Like, the, the, the Chargers probably have more than 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 uh the Patriots, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, this, this could be an interesting one. I think the... The more interesting thing to me is a dude like Philip Rivers who doesn't have the Super Bowl but is like a, a, a really, really, really good quarterback. That relationship with Tom Brady, like their peers, they're in the same yeah. class. You've never beat him. <laughs> like you never beat him. Like you have to feel – I mean you are – I don't know how nemesis. I feel. You're never going to beat anybody? It's his nemesis. Is he his son? Is that like <laughs> – right. is he his son now? Do you have to always – you got to hold his pocket when you guys walk around? He will unless he never gets that win. Like That's he'll tough. always imagine always because they'll for the rest of their lives they'll be in the same era of quarterback. So they'll have you know like they'll have honorary things, like no, golf it, tournaments, no. dinners, all these types of events that they're going to be at together for the rest of their lives. And he'll never be able to never. say, I got one game. I know. That's a tough relationship. And I'm not throwing shade at Philip no. Rivers. Like, I actually want <laughs> Philip Rivers to get one on Tom Brady. Because that would be like, look, I know Kobe Bryant was a much better player than me. Like, I know that, right? But my teams beat Kobe sometimes. So I could always say, yeah, well, he scored 50. But we won. You know right. what I mean? Like, dude, you need to beat him. If you were going to look for some value on the Super Bowl odds, because clearly the Saints, Rams, Chiefs, Page, those are like the four teams that are favored. Yeah. Do you see any value in either of the team we just discussed, the Chargers or the Colts? Because I think you might see some, and I would, if I was going to lean one way, I'd probably take the Colts because you get a little bit more value. And like we talked about, I think Kansas City's defense is very susceptible, and the Patriots' success at home, I think, is why I wouldn't take the Chargers. But yeah. a lot of people are picking the Chargers-Colts AFC Championship game, saying both these underdogs are going to win on the road. I just think. The likelihood of that happening, even though we've seen this trend of underdogs, I don't think it continues. Yeah, I don't. I would take the Colts with the value too, just because you, you're giving me an extra six. But let me ask you: if it's Chargers Colts, is that at StubHub? <laughs> yeah, I think it would. Well, who is the higher seed? It would be whoever the higher seed is. Who had the better record? Because yeah, let me look that up real quick as we're going. It was here. The Chargers. It was, it's the Chargers the, were twelve and four this they year. Play, yeah. They'll play a a, a in a forty thousand seat soccer stadium. 
The NFL will allow that, like that. Yeah, they'd have to. I don't think there would be. Any there's other no option. contingency plan for that. No, seriously. I don't think so. Like, there's no, no because the Chargers were this close to having home field throughout. Like, I, you know, for at least a couple games, and they were they were sitting there thinking, "What are we going to do?" They wouldn't. They don't. There sounds no like a lot of revenue. That sounds like a lot of missed out. Oh, like it would be a disaster. Yeah, it would be a disaster. And the Chargers, I think it would be a disaster for them too because they don't play well there. Exactly. They're <laughs> no on the road this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it'll be both. It'll be for legacies in a lot of respects, Andy. Reed's legacy, Philip Rivers' legacy. A lot like of stuff. These, on these are the types of yeah. games where that type of stuff well, matters. Yeah, and the one, like, there's two. There, the Colts, and we said this about the Eagles. Straight house money right now. Yeah. Colts are playing with like just straight house money. You're a year ahead of schedule. Like you, you, you got a healthy uh, Andrew Luck. You didn't know how good he was going to be this year. You got all this. You know, you got offensive linemen that you found in the draft, and you got a bunch of cash base. Like this is there's no price. That's house money. Yep, absolutely. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, welcome back, Ken Ellen Bell. So, uh, the Sean McVay friend, I bad. It is insane. Enough. I we talked a little bit about it on here, but that was before we had our latest coaching hire, which yeah. is, uh, Zach Taylor, rumored to be when the Rams are done with the playoffs that he's going to take the Cincinnati Bengals head job. Uh. What's his connection? Quarterback coach on the LA Rams, uh, coaching under Sean McVay. You also have Matt LaFleur, who was hired by the Packers, Cliff Kingsbury, hired by the Cardinals. And yeah. in, the release. I don't know if we even said this yesterday. In the official release, it said he is friends with Sean McVay. That's they, they wanted to get that out there to make sure everybody knew he was friends with Sean McVay. The team's release in his press release when he was hired. Uh, I have never seen anything like this. What if there's a crazy thought? What if there is only one Sean McVay? Like, what if he's just a why savant, is that a crazy a thought? <laughs> right. Like, that's more likely is that he is the stuff that the stuff that he. It's not not all that is transferable, man. That like, you know what I mean, like. His system may be, but what makes him so good within the system, his ability to call the plays, teach the plays, his relationships with players, like his personality, like not, that stuff's not transferable. Like the playbook is. Yep. And he's been, so he's been around the league for a little while. He's only 35 years old, which I think is a huge risk in itself. Like you just, if you go with a coach that young, you better be special, which Sean May, Sean McVay has proven to be special, right? He's proven to be this savant guy that's brilliant, that players respect. You better be ready to bring it. Like, cause if Zach Taylor walks in there, players will see right through him. If he's not the most confident guy, if he's not a leader of men, if he's not the right guy for the position, this is a huge risk that the Bengals are taking, in my opinion. And the only reason they took that risk is because them, like a couple other teams, are like, oh, he's a Sean McVay guy. Again, he was the assistant wide receiver coach. Do you know how low that is on the totem pole? Like, assistant Bro. wide receiver coach wasn't even the head wide receiver coach. And then he was the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach this last year, but he was just a position coach. Don't get it twisted. Sean McVay is calling those plays, and now he's going to get handed this head job. His head job. Here's the deal, man. Like, there's a reason coaches were older and they looked older because you respect your elders. There's some deference there, like from a player to a guy who's 60 years old. Now, what you'll tell me is like today's today's kid is wired different. You need to bring in someone younger that can fit the demo and he can speak their language. I get that. No disrespect to whoever that dude's name was you just threw up on the screen. I don't give, I really don't. Right. But 
the way he looks, and this is just purely the way he looks, you walk in that locker room looking like you're 12 years old and you're not the most swagged out, competent cat in the world or you can't relate the way they thought you could relate, you're going to get chewed up and spit out. Yep. They're going to be looking for a new dude in a couple of years. So like, I'm, this isn't a, 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 an age discrimination thing. Like, I'm, if you guys feel like the best thing for these franchises is going out and getting these young, super, you know, uh, hip coaches, yeah, fine. Very trendy. But not all of them are going to be hits. And if you, if you get the wrong one, it's going to be a disaster. Why? Well, I, I just, what baffles my mind is how this can be happening. And I like, I, I need to call, I'm sorry, but I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to call like every NBA team with a vacancy next year in yeah. a coaching position and tell him I know damn Sean McVay. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a relationship with Sean McVay. I'm going to hit him up on Twitter or something <laughs> to see if we can just hang out in LA. Just, just, yeah. All you need and is one lunch. I know like, Sean yeah, McVay. Boys. Yeah. What's up? You can say you consulted with What's him. What's up? Yeah. That's I'm all good. you need to do. Why haven't we seen this in other sports? Like, for instance, Brad Stevens was a hot young hire. He was yeah. a younger guy. Did a pretty good job with the Celtics. Had a really good reputation. Why all of a sudden every other job doesn't be, we have to find the next Brad Stevens. Like, I, I just don't understand. Because it's not like Sean McVay has won a Super Bowl. Right. He doesn't even want to play That's game. what we were saying yesterday. And done, I mean, <laughs> right. offenses are good, but it hasn't produced anything yet. Right. Anyway, I, don't, I, I don't know. Your question, I don't know. No, I know. And, and I don't, I don't, and I think it is a really bad look for the NFL this year that if you have, there's only one more coaching position left, I believe it's the Miami Dolphins and all these other positions were hired by white guys. I just, what is the Rooney rule? Is a complete failure. I've always thought it was a joke because I don't think it does anything real. But I think the, and Eric Bieniemy is a good example. Jim Caldwell, who had an exceptional career with the Lions, yep. the, his record was way better than Todd Bowles, who just got fired, than a lot of other guys who got fired. Why isn't he getting an opportunity? There, there are other qualified candidates in both respects. Eric Bieniemy is a guy who's been in the Andy Reid system. Jim Caldwell is a former coach. Like, why isn't his he, name a Reid? They're today? the most prolific offense this year. Yeah, like yeah, the Kansas City. Like, exactly. so your McVay is second. Right. Like, Andy Reid's is first. So if you're picking fruit from a tree and you want offensive mind, would support that a little bit. Right. I, I've said this before, like with the Rooney Rule. While I understand why it has to be in place. I don't, I don't want you to hire a black candidate just because you have to. Like, what I'd like for it to be is you, you see the value in the way he's worked his way up the totem pole and paid his dues and you have faith and belief that he can be the guy that you think all these guys can be. Right. And he should get the job because of that, because he deserves it, right? And there is still a hang up. Teams still have a problem trusting an African-American coach the way they would with some of these young guys who don't have the resume and they're willing to take risks on them. Why aren't they willing to take I don't, risks on African-American? I don't have the answer. I've always thought it really crazy, though, like that you could have leagues with with so many black faces and Hispanic faces and different color faces and the people that you choose to lead them don't necessarily look like them. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not proportional. Like, it, it's completely, you know, one-sided in that regard. And so, look, if there are no good candidates and nobody crosses in all the T's and dots the I's and checks all the boxes that you're looking for in a head coach, don't just hire one because of the Rooney rule. Right. But I'm saying there got to be guys out there that, 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 that are worthy of a shot too, right? Absolutely. So, Danny, Sean, Danny, if I could if I could bring the conversation back to Sean McVay quick, I think a lot of teams forget that Wade Phillips is his defense coordinator. Right. The guy's been around forever. Like, no other coach is going to have a guy like Wade Phillips come in right and that's well that's one of the things that Matt Nagy did with the Bears was hire Vic Fangio who you know took a job this year because he was a great defensive sure. coordinator I think that's one thing I would require some of these young coaches yes. to do is you better have a coach with head coaching experience and on the defensive side of the ball because you're such an offensive yeah. mind that you better start considering that you know a couple of years ago um, when the FIU job was up like a few this was not this time but the time before that um, 
and I actually had talked to them about the first thing I did because I knew I had no experience. I knew I had nothing. The first thing I did was start reaching out to like veteran coaches, like guys who yeah. knew the ins and outs because I'm not, I'm not crazy, dude. And they wouldn't be crazy. Like we need people who have the experience. These young guys, the great assistants, great assistant wide receiver coaches, no experience running the show. You have to pair them with people who, who know what they're doing. Sean McVay's tree, like that's a term everybody looks at. It's not a tree. It's a tree. It it's is, not a but tree. it is, but it is. Not. It's starting to form one. Not a tree. It's a pretty big tree. Bill Belichick has a tree, like, uh, right, you know who else has a big tree? Big Tuna, what's his name? What's that guy's name? Bill Parcell. They have trees. There's no tree. I got a good tree for you. Nick Saban. Tree. Nick Saban is a tree. Yeah. He's a large tree and it's just, it dropped a lot of leaves. This last, uh, <laughs> it's dropping a lot of leaves lately. It has. So it's starting to become, again, you look at Alabama and everybody wants to look at the dynasty, similar to the Patriots. Like when is it going to come to an end? Like college football fans, if you don't root for Bama, you're like, can we get somebody else to knock this team from its perch? I think it is starting to get significant. The number of sheer coaches that are deciding to leave Alabama. So they lost Mike Loxley, their offensive coordinator. He goes to Maryland. That's a significant blow. It's their fourth coordinator in four years. That's like tough. They keep going there. They also lose um, Josh Gaddis, their other wide receiver coach. He goes on, takes another one. They lose Brent Key, their offensive line coach. He goes to Georgia Tech. Butch Jones, I'm not concerned about that. He was kind of one of those weird analyst roles who probably didn't do very much, and Saban kind of does him a favor to help boost his resume. Yeah. Did, and then he goes and goes to Maryland. Alex Mortensen, kind of similar. It's Chris Mortensen's. Uh, son, he's been there for a while. I don't think that's that significant of a loss. But the top three on this list, I think you're starting to look at, man, like this is becoming a serious issue for Nick Saban. And I even thought against Clemson the other night that you saw a little bit of why they struggled was because they're not able to make as many adjustments as fast and there's just communication. There's all this familiarity which you lose when so many guys bounce. Yeah, like the, it starts to become a real issue. I'm not ready to say like it's over for Alabama. No. Um, they still got saving. That's all that matters. You, like legs are slowly being chopped, like like out from under you when you start having this type of turnover, and there's no, you know, there's no real relationship with 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 the program, right? Like you should know as an OC or a DC, with without the head coach saying anything to you, you should know what he wants. Do you know what I mean? When you're when you're at that level, you shouldn't have to tell me everything. I should know what Danny is going to want in this situation. That's developed over time, and when when you got guys coming and going. As frequently as they do, it's hard to develop that kind of like that type of chemistry, and that will hurt you when you play people that have the same type of talent you have. It's not going to really matter when you when you're better than everyone because you, you do recruit. You know, you, you you lead the nation every year in, in recruiting classes. It's not going to matter when you play inferior teams. Right. It's going to rear its head when you play somebody that's got the same kids that you have, a la Clemson. Like that's when it's going to matter. And when you start losing that game over and over. Well, now it is the end of a of a dynasty. I'm not saying they're going to lose it over and over, but if you start losing it over and over, yep, then the dynasty has run its course. I saw it firsthand at Florida State because I was there with Bobby Bowden, obviously, when we had our run of 14 years where we were never outside the top five. And on the defense side of the ball, you had Mickey Andrews was there the whole time, defensive yep. coordinator, and he got people sniffed around, but he was never going to leave. The offensive side of the ball, we had Brad Scott my freshman year, and then we had a good year my sophomore year. Won the national championship, then he took a head job. But really, it was Mark Rick calling the plays. Yep, he took the offensive coordinator job. So those guys were with Bobby through a lot of this. And then when Mark Rick left to take the job at Georgia, that was really when you started to see the decline of Florida State as a program. Like he was the offensive mastermind, and then Bobby Bowden hired his son Jeff, and it kind of fell off the rails a little bit because he was doing what I think everybody should be concerned. These Sean McVay disciples. 
Jeff Bowden was doing, he was taking Mark Rick's system. He knew the plays. Yeah. He wasn't familiar with the ins and outs of why you tweak things and why, what do you attack during the game. Right. And that's why he got exposed, which I think as long as you have Saban there, he is the defensive mastermind and they have so much talent, but I totally agree with you. Where it's going to impact them is when they're playing Georgia in the SEC championship game. Yeah. When they're playing Clemson, a national championship game, that's where I think it can really come out to expose them in some of those spots. All right, so there's more news in the Pittsburgh Steelers because there has been drama this season, and it does, has not stopped anytime soon. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. A lot of speculation about what Antonio Brown's future holds with the team yeah. after not showing up to their walkthrough, not playing in their last game where they were still up for the playoffs. And Art Rooney, team president, told the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, all other options are on the table as well as it's, quote, hard to envision Antonio Brown on the team in 2019. Okay. <laughs> right. What do you, so you said all that to say nothing? Like, right. Bart Rooney? What do you think? Of course. What, what are they going to do? Roll him back out there? I, you know me, because we talked the first day we talked about this. I said, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I get Ben Rosberger, Antonio Brown, and yourself, get in a room and say, what do we have to do to make this right? Right. There might be so much damage that it's just... Well, possible. at that time, we didn't have all the stories about what had taken place and all right. the information. Antonio Brown throwing a ball at him at practice. Yeah, we didn't have all of that. Him going behind his back, like all of the speculation. But I do think, like, you have to wonder, this team, how much trouble are they in? Because don't forget, Le'Veon Bell, no longer there. He was a critical part of it. Antonio Brown, he might be gone. Ben Roethlisberger getting older and older every single year. Like, I think the beginning of this Steelers demise and Mike Tomlin's demise might be happening right before our eyes. Allow me to speak in cliches. <laughs> yes. The window is shut. The championship window, as it were, in the Steeler land is shut. The Urs, it's a wrap for that version of the Urs. Time to keep it moving. It, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it is safe to say that Mike Tomlin might be, he's gonna, I think Mike Tomlin has to reevaluate his style as a coach. Yeah. Because I think he's a lot of this is because he's been walked all over. But I also think Ben Roethlisberger needs to reevaluate his leadership for sure. Abilities. Now that's interesting because when you're when you're trying to like when you're trying to reevaluate who you are as a coach and you're going to say, all right, I'm changing things. You can't do that with old players. They only ever see you as the old dude, right? right. So that's you it's can't really reinvent to come yourself. In with that big stick and lay down the law. You're never going to reinvent yourself. You have to clean house. I mean, you know, you, maybe you keep your quarterback or something, but for the the majority of the problem childs that were in that locker room, you'll never get them back on board. You'll never convince them that you're this new disciplinarian. They got to go. No, you have to lay down the law right when you step in there. Um, there was a story coming out that Matt Rule. Remember Matt? We were talking about the Jets opening. Yeah, dude from Rule, Baylor. That he was uh one of their rumored potential hires. Right. He turned down the job, and we're just learning details about why he turned down the job. Rich Samini uh, from the New York Post, I believe, is where he's with. Or he's at ESPN, NFL Nation. All right. He had this kind of scoop. He had this speculation, but now it's official because Matt Rule came out and told ESPN 1660 in Dallas, the radio station, I don't want to say anything about that job, but at the end of the day, I'm never going to be in an arranged marriage. Okay. I'm never going to subcontract out jobs for offense and defense. I'm always going to hire people I believe in and are going to do things our way. All right. Welcome back. Ken Ellen Bell. Let's finish off some leftovers. So my favorite thing yeah. I've discovered this year, mm -hmm. as far as from a gambling perspective, yep. are player individual prop bets okay i love these i love looking for quarterbacks passing yardage i love looking for receivers like total receiving yardage yep 
There's also some times when I get really wacky and really, cra- really crazy with it where I'll do like quarterback combined sacks, touchdowns, and interceptions. Okay. Get all That's that like in one. Yeah, a little That's smorgasbord like a of stuff. Trifecta. We'll keep them pretty basic here for you. And I think we both had winning records I appreciate last week that. in our props. You had a slightly better one, but I was still over 500, which is a huge win for me this season. Let's start it off. Chiefs, uh, Colts game. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Playing at home, over, under, two and a half passing touchdowns. Oh, I didn't see that one. My bad. Over all day long. I'm just going to tell you. He's going to throw three touchdowns. Yeah, oh, that's an over. That's an over. It's a slam dunk. You probably won't get much value on that in the odds, but I would take it all day. All right, how about his opponent? Andrew Luck going against that Chiefs defense, which Mm -hmm. is a sieve. 310 passing yards is a lot of passing yards. That's a lot of yards. I think weather is going to affect this. Like, I think he could have 310 passing yards, but I think weather-related, it's going to snow. I go under. You're going under. Yeah. Not because I think he, he can't do it. I just think it the weather's going to. So bad. I just want to check something real quick on what he did last week. He had two, So that was the game. It was a blowout. Yeah. He only had two and 20, 220 yards. They didn't need him. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say no matter what it is, he can still throw like little screens and yeah. bubble passes. And Kansas City can't tackle anybody. So I'm going to take the over. I'm going to fade you on that, that one. All right. This one I think is the most important stat of the weekend as yeah. far as who do you think is going to win. Ezekiel Elliott. With the Cowboys going to play the Rams over under 106 rushing over. Games. You're saying over. Yeah. You think he does? Yeah. I'm going to take the under because I think the Rams are going to win this game. Yep. And in order for them to win, they're going to have to stop Zeke. And I think they can make that the focal point of their, um, their defensive game plan. Okay. Todd Gurley on the flip side, a lot of questions about his health. Under 84 rushing yards. Under. You don't even need to hear the number. You're just going under. Yep. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the under the under as well because I think there's a chance he may not touch the ball as much, and I think they'll try to work him in sure. a little bit easily. You know, take it easy on him. All right, move on to Foxborough, the Brady versus Rivers matchup. Mm-hmm. Son, son Never versus father. Yes, it is Philip Rivers over under 291 passing yards. Over, son. You're going over. over. Even though he owns them, even though it's going to be over. nasty conditions. Over. Is it going to be uh, gross? Yeah, it's supposed to be freezing cold. He's from Southern I ain't worried about the, I ain't worried about the cold. I worry about the snow. I'm fading you over. and going under. All right. I'm going to say under. All right, Tom Brady, his total yards, much less, 262 and a half. They got the hook on there just to make sure they get you combined. Um, Thomas Brady, I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to take over on that one as yeah. well, too. I think, I think the weather doesn't impact him. He's been incredible in the cold weather conditions. Doesn't affect him at all. Nick Foles, does the magic continue? Going into the dome, over under 294 passing yards. Cool hand Nick. Um, over. It's over. You're going over? Yeah. See, here's where I kind of agree with you, but I'm going to take the under. Debo is totally trolling me right now on our message board. He's yeah. saying Kirk Cousins under a half yard. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't like the way he's trolling them right there. Uh I'm going to say over because I think they get beat. I think this could be like a backdoor situation where yeah. Foles is kind of playing catch up late in the game. He's yeah. getting a lot of garbage time yards. So I'm going to take over as well. How about the Saints over under 29 and a half points? Over. Over. I agree, especially since they smoked them in the regular season, putting up 40 plus on them. I think that trend continues. Uh Our boy M. Diggy. Yep. Emery Hunt? Yeah. He's skillet. Getting, he's skillet. Where you at, brother? He's getting too big time for us. He okay. He not come on the show anymore, but we are going to give you his picks because I – let's see. Let's see how we like his opposed to ours. So he right. has – he likes Kansas City uh-huh. to cover the five and a half. He likes the Rams to cover the seven. Uh, he likes the Chargers to cover the plus four, and he likes the Saints to cover the, uh, the eight. So he has three out of the uh, – three out of the four favorites – covering which is a 
kind of the opposite of what people are thinking this weekend, especially last weekend. We saw a bunch of underdogs continue yep. it there. What do you like? Before, Colts wait, before, before you oh, make your Colts-Chiefs pick, you just need yep. to know this, that the Colts raised a flag that says 1-0, one and, oh. and they're now selling shirts that say 1-0. You can't pick them. I saw him. I think it was Jim Gaffigan, the comedian. He yeah. put, a, uh, put a picture on Twitter that was 1-0. It's kind of corny. It's a lot. It's like so indie. Sammy Watkins back? Uh, I don't know. Do we know that, Coca? Is, is Sammy Watkins back yet? Before I pick so Colts-Chiefs. Chiefs are a five and a half point home favorite. I'm gonna take the, uh, I'm gonna take the Colts. I'm gonna take the Colts as well. I think the Chiefs win. Me too. But a lot of their better games this year, they've come down to the wire, they've had close contested games. I think they'll get the best of them, but I think it's a close game in the end. Cowboys on the road at the Rams. I'm gonna take Cowboys. I'm gonna take the Cowboys as well yeah. too. But I do think, I think the Rams win, don't you? I'm not sure. Really? Well, I kind of like just to see people's reactions. What if Sean McVay loses? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, are all these people regretting their head, their job, their hires based solely on that? I would take that one. Uh, I'm going to take them as well. Chargers on the road at the Patriots. Patriots are a four point favorite. I'm going to take the Patriots. You're going to take the Patriots? Yeah. I'm going to take them as well. I think, I think the home, I think they're the, they're probably my strongest bet this week. I just think you can't ever doubt the Patriots at home. And I think they get back on track. And I don't like the Chargers playing in that cold weather. You know, the Chargers, I heard the Chargers that like this is the New England Stadium is as far as you can get from where they play. Yeah. They've gone to the East Coast twice now. Yeah. Back to back weeks. And and you're going to play in weather. Like they got a lot of stuff against them. It's toll on you. All right. Eagles at the Saints. Saints are an eight point home dog. I like the I like the Saints as much in this spot as I like as you like the Patriots. I just think their gangster are in that dome. They 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 just run away from. Something. I think I think finally too, you're going to see a lot of public money come in on the Eagles. Start uh-huh. saying, oh, they're going to they have this run. They're going to keep it close. I like the Saints in this one too. So I have a beef that I have to get off my chest. What do you got? Because there was a poll that was put out. I think Bleacher Report put it out. They uh, polled the players, 85 NFL players, who was the most underrated quarterback in the NFL and the most underrated quarterback. I'll give you the underrated they went with was Cam Newton. Okay. Underrated for Cam? Underrated. Okay. Underrated. Yeah, right. They had as the most overrated no. quarterback. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Who was it? One Curtis Cousins. Yes, it was Curtis Cousins. But yes. you know where I got a beef with that? Why? Are you aware of the type of numbers he's been putting up there in, yeah, in he Minnesota didn't, this he year? He didn't take an NFC championship. He's the, the playoffs. first player in NFL history to pass for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, complete at least 70% of his passes, and throw 10 or fewer interceptions in a season. And not never make happened the playoffs. Before. Never happened before. And he's not make the playoffs. Numbers we've never seen before.